0: Out tonight. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey, you can keep your seat, page 133. Yes, I knew I it's it. source And never to stray. Is singing His praises all day long. I'm going that way. Let's all stand. Page three hundred and thirty-three.
1: any missionary offering you can bring it at this time see all of you tonight let me make a few announcements and we'll take up some prayer requests uh don't forget this coming saturday is the happy pilgrims trip to free chapel to see the easter live experience the bus will be leaving the church at 11 a.m that morning so if you're planning on going please be here at that time also this coming sunday is easter And uh, we're having a sunrise service at 7 o'clock. Brother Chris Cornett's going to be in with us preaching. And then we'll break, and we're going to have fellowship and food over there in the fellowship hall. And when we get done with that, then morning Sunday school, and then morning service, and no night service. So remember the order of these events. And then the revival with Brother Bud Stiltner. I called and talked with Brother Bud, and we both agreed that it would probably be best right now just to cancel that. So that revival is canceled, and and we'll just finish out this month together. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's the order of service. Now, don't forget that we're praying for Brother Edward Dixon and Camden Baptist Church this month for our pastor's prayer ministry. So when you pray, please pray for Brother Ed Dixon. And we also need to pray for Lindsay Williams, Peggy Phillips. I got a text from brother Tommy Meeks and asking us to pray for his brother, Ricky Meeks. He's down there in the hospital right now with shingles and a and a horrible infection. So we need to pray for Ricky Meeks, Hannah Hurd, Adlin Harrell, and Quinn Lambert. How about your prayer request tonight? Anybody else tonight, Brother Mike? Brother Mike's mom. Mm Yes, ma'am, thank you. That's precious. Hey, huh. me Anything else on anyone's heart tonight? Let's pray for Murrayville Baptist Church that God would be with all of us. Anything else tonight? Right, let's come and pray together and seek the Lord. He knows exactly what to do in every situation. So let's pray. I feel like I need to explain myself tonight. Brother Clay's gonna be preaching for us. I had to, several months back, I had to have some, uh, make some appointments for my eyes. I've been having some issues with my eyes and had extensive testing done today and uh, got to go back in a, a month or two and have more testing done. But I didn't know what, how I would be after that, so I called on Brother Clay to bring the message for us tonight. And I'm thankful to have men in here willing to get up with the Word of God and, and, uh, and share their hearts with us. So, Brother Clay, you come on tonight.
2: All right. Um, happy to be here this evening. Uh, happy to see everybody here this evening. Um, the teaching tonight is going to come out of the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, Second Timothy chapter two. Um, while y'all are turning there, I'll tell you. Kind of have a little bit of a heavy heart tonight. Um, got a my um, apprentice came to me this morning about 7 a.m. this morning, and he said, "Did you hear what happened?" And I said, "No, I, I didn't hear what happened." And he said, "There was a mason." And for those of you who don't know what a mason is, it's somebody who lays block and brick. But on one of our job sites, about five miles down the road from my job site, uh, he fell off a scaffold yesterday and he died. Um, he was only seven foot off the ground uh, when, he, when he fell. Um, I told my dad and I told Pam um, that every day that I'm at the job site, I'm in much, <laughs> much more dangerous places than seven foot off the ground. And it just kind of puts things into perspective of uh, we're not promised tomorrow. Uh, none of us are promised tomorrow. Uh, so I feel like we should make the most of the time that we have. Um, not just for ourselves, not just for our family, but most importantly, for Christ and what He's done for us. Um, but when you do pray tonight and when you're, when you're laying in bed, and um, just think of that Mason's family. Uh, think of his family uh, and just say a, say a small prayer for For him and his family. Um, But I'd like to start in Timothy chapter 2. And um, I'll start in verse 14 and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Uh, Paul states, Of these things put them in remembrance, Charge them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more godliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace... With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strives. And the servant of the, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledge of the truth, acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him and at his will. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we really just want to pray for the church. Lord, I ask that you be with Marble Baptist Church right now. Lord, I ask that you be with me as I'm up here delivering your word, Lord. I pray that, that you'll speak, that your words will come out, not mine. Lord, I pray that all glory... And all actions of anything that happened here tonight bring you glory, Lord. I pray Pray for the people in this church, Lord, that you'll touch them, that you'll be with them, Lord, comfort them. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, kind of to sum things up or to start things off, um, I've never really given a, a title to anything that I've talked about up here, but... If I had to give a title to this, I would say it's Focus on the Right Things. Uh, and just kind of keep that in the back of your head as, as I go through this. But uh, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, it's a, it's a letter from Paul to Timothy. And Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. And he's urging Timothy to carry out the ministry of the gospel. He is uh, kind of coaching him up, being a being a mentor for him to carry that out in and, and Timothy, uh, along with Paul, they they had to constantly remember about Jesus Christ. They had to they had to be diligent in in the effective use of their scripture, um, and and they had to preach the word regardless of the consequences. You know, today we can get up here and we can come to church and we can preach God's word without fear of consequence. Um, back then, it wasn't wasn't so. But, but Paul was, was, was writing, and, and Paul had a sense of urgency when he was writing this. He, he wanted Timothy to know how important what he had to say was. Um, I'm going to kind of go through verse by verse in this. It's, it's going to be more of a Bible study than it's going to be um, me just sitting up here preaching to you. But uh, I'd like to start out in verse 14. Verse 14 states, and I'll read it again. These things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of hearers. So Timothy's job, Tim, Timothy was a pastor. Timothy's job was to pastor his people, much like John. John's job is to pastor us and lead us and guide us in in the word of God. Um, but but Timothy, he, he pastored pastored his people. And, and I imagine when you pastor a group of people, you'll probably run across the same passages that you've read them before and same texts and you might talk about things multiple times. Um, and that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing, but people are attracted to new things. Um, a lot of people, you see something new, you get a new car or you get, um, a new house or, or new things. People are attracted to new things and, um, there, a lot of times when people come to church, they're looking for God's word to impact them in a new and exciting way. You know, wanting something new and wanting something different. Um, but I'm going to say if, if, if we open our hearts up to God's word and truly meditate on what God's trying to tell us in his word and how that affects our life at that moment in time, we can be affected in a new and exciting way. Every time you open the Bible, if you read the same Scripture over and over and over again, and you truly meditate on that Scripture and think about how that relates to your life or the situations that you might be going through, it can affect you in a new and exciting way. Um, The best thing for us to do is just to open our hearts up to the Word of God. And I think Paul was trying to remind Timothy in this to... To not be so worried about, about saying the same stuff over and over again. You know, don't, don't get away from the basics. Don't get away from, from what the Bible says. You, know, you, you can get up here and you can twist and turn and, and end up going down a rabbit hole and getting away from what the Bible says. But I think Paul was directing Timothy to stay in the Bible and stay to the basics of the Bible. And if we go back to the chapter before, uh, or not the chapter before, but a few verses before, Paul takes Timothy back to the basics. If you look in uh, chapter 2, verse 8 of Second Timothy, it says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel. That's, that is the most basic thought that we have as Christians. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. That's, that's simple. But if you think about that and you truly meditate on that, That can impact you in so many ways other than just reading it and letting it go to the back of your mind. Um, If you continue reading on through verses 11 through 13. Verse 11 says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful he cannot deny himself. So, in this first verse of, uh, of the scripture that I've read in verse fourteen, the main thing I want you to get out of fourteen is just focus on what Jesus has done for us and God's faithfulness to us. Um, you know, Paul also tells them, uh, I'm sorry. Paul also tells Timothy of things not to do. He says. Not to strive about words to no profit. Uh, when, when we think about words that are that are to no profit, um, it, it could be political views. We, we could sit up here and argue all day about political views. We could we could argue about different doctrine. We could uh, talk about the he said she said uh, gossip, and all that speech is it's it's not profitable. But if you if you look at what profitable speech is in second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable doctrine for a proof of correction or instruction in righteousness so i've told you what profitable is or i didn't paul told us what profitable is that's what profitable speech is it's the gospel it's it's scripture scripture is profitable speech i'm not saying that all speech other than scripture is not profitable but when it comes to staying focused on God, we should stay focused on the Bible and what the Bible is telling us. When we take our focus off, we're missing the main, the main point. We're missing the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Um, so don't, be, don't be distracted by unprofitable things. Verse 15 goes on to say, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So Paul's Paul's telling Timothy, hey, present yourself approved unto God. This is not a popularity contest. Your ministry is not a popularity contest. It doesn't matter who you get to like you or who you make not like you. Okay? And that, that can really be said for a lot of us as we go throughout our walk with christ you know i can't tell you the number of times that that i've it with, with my walk with christ that i thought i should witness to somebody but then i second guess myself and i say well what are they going to think of me if i witness to somebody that's not being a good servant for christ and i'm just being real with you up here right now and just and being real but but we shouldn't worry about what other people think about us the only thing that that We should be worried about is what god thinks about us and being approved unto god um you know when we think of approval also uh i thought of a situation that's happened before and um, has anybody in here ever done a job kind of halfway and you were embarrassed of it Uh, or ever seen somebody do a job halfway and maybe you were even embarrassed for them um, there was a, a young man that I had working on one of my job sites about two or three years ago, and um, we had our, our slab poured, which a slab is just concrete poured out. That's what the building was going to be built upon. And in that slab was an elevator pit. An elevator pit was about five foot deep, and, and we'll just say ten foot wide by ten foot deep. And uh, and I told him, I'm I not going to say his name, but I said, hey we need to put some guardrails up around that, that way nobody walks off into it and falls. And he said, okay. So I told him how I wanted him to build these guardrails and OSHA has a certain way that you're supposed to build guardrails and I explained to him how I wanted him to do it and kind of gave him the responsibility of doing that. Um, came back a few minutes later and he had got started building it. In the guardrails, one was going this way, one was going up this way, they were just going in all kind of different directions. And I, I said, stop. I said, I want you to take everything down and do it again. So I made him take everything down and do it again. So I, I could tell he was a little embarrassed. And I, I showed him how to do it again. So I went over and I was talking to my grader. And uh, the grader finally just spoke up and he said, Clay, I can't watch this anymore. And he started yelling at my guy and told him, says, you know, Clay just told you how to do that. Can you not figure it out? What I'm getting at is the guy got embarrassed because he got judged. He was ashamed of what he had done. Can I say this? That, that we get judged by other people sometimes, but we will ultimately get judged by our works on this earth. In John chapter 5, verse 22, it says, For the Father judges no man, but he that committed all judgment unto the Son... So Jesus will judge us one day, and it says in Romans chapter fourteen, verse ten, where we, I can't, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So we will be judged one day. I know I'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. But we'll be judged for those things that we've done on this earth. We'll be judged for good things we've done, for the bad things we've done. And I don't want to stand before Christ embarrassed of the guardrails that I've put up in my life. I don't want to stand before Christ embarrassed of the things that I've done in my life. I want to be proud. I want Christ to, to tell me that he's proud of me. Well done. That's, that's what I want. I don't want Christ to say you were neither hot nor cold and spew me from his mouth. I want him to tell me well done. We continue on into verse 15. Um, Paul talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. So, when we think about rightly dividing the word of truth, would, Timothy, he was delivering God's word to the people. So Timothy had a had a great responsibility to not only deliver God's word, but to deliver God's word in a way that was approving to God in the correct way and in, in the incorrect inter- interpretation. Um. He had a big responsibility as a pastor to do that. When I think about rightly dividing the truth, um, seeking to understand God's word and what God's word is saying to us, I think it could be meant to understand how God's word should be presented to others. You know, just because, you know, we're not pastors of a church doesn't mean that we don't pastor those around us. And doesn't mean that those people that are around us, we might be a pastor to them because we might be the only way that they will hear the Word of God. So we should make it a point to understand God's Word, to to rightly divide the truth, to let these people know the truth about Christ and what He's done for us and about God. You know, the opposite of, of rightly dividing would be... Wrongly dividing, right? So if, if you think about <clears throat> you think about culture today, and people in the culture, they'll they'll talk about the Bible sometimes, and they might try to debate it with you, and, and try to debate their interpretations of the Bible. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think everybody feels the same way that's in here tonight. But the Bible's not up for interpretation. The Bible is the Word of God. Period. That's it. Um, but culture today, they'll they'll take bits and pieces of the Bible and they'll try to they'll try to twist it and stretch it. Um, you know, Navarre, you're about my age. Did you ever have one of those stretch Armstrong dolls? Yeah, that's that's what people try to do with the Bible. They try to stretch that truth to make it fit into their life, to make it fit into something that they're comfortable with. They'll take a piece of scripture here and a piece of scripture there and try to make it into something that it's really not. But Paul is telling Timothy, hey, don't do that. Rightly divide the truth. Um, You know, one thing that, and I actually told Brother John and talked to Brother John about this, um, but one um, passage of Scripture if somebody wants to sit here and get in a debate with you about the Bible um, that people might throw in your face is, Judge not that ye not be judged. Uh, people who who want to stretch the Bible and, and, and want to manipulate the Bible, they might throw that's Matthew chapter seven verse one. They might say, hey, don't judge me, unless you want to be judged. Don't judge me. Um, I want to read a passage of scripture for you, and John led me to this. Um, but in first Corinthians chapter two. Verse 15, it says, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And I'll keep on going down to 16. For he, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So when saying that we have the mind of Christ, um, I would interpret that we would be Christians. Christians have the mind of Christ. And then if, if you go in to think about that a little bit more, what makes a person uh, a Christian? What makes a person a Christian? Well, it would be the right relationship with Christ. When you have that right relationship with Christ, you're a Christian. When you have that relationship with Him, um, In the, in 1 Corinthians, it says, uh, he that is spiritual judges all things. Well, what makes a person spiritual? Well, a spiritual person would have the spirit of God. Having the spirit of God means that you've been washed by the blood of Christ, and Christ lives in you. So I kind of went went down a rabbit hole right there, but um, you know, I, to the point, I'm not saying that we should judge people, but if if you think about the word judge, um, if we were to walk on a trail and we walked up on a rattlesnake. And I said, hey, you better watch it. That rattlesnake will bite you, judging that rattlesnake, right? As what society would say I'm doing. I could, I could move that over into how people act sometimes and what people are doing and what's accepted by society. You, know, you can't say that rattlesnake will bite you. But if I said, oh, that's not a rattlesnake, that's a duck. That's a duck. That's, that's where we're at today. And I think everybody in here knows what I'm knows what I'm saying. So I'm not telling you to judge, but we should not use unfair judgment. We should not use hypocritical judgment. We should not use harsh judgment. Um in Matthew, well, I don't have it marked in my Bible, but I can get there real quick. Matthew chapter seven. Um, Verse two. So we just read. Verse one. Judge, judge not that ye, ye be not judged. For with that judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. Just be careful what you think about people. Just be careful of your judgment on people, uh, and just make sure that your your heart and your mind is in the in the right place, and your focus is in the right place. Um, continue on to verse sixteen. Uh, verse sixteen says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more godliness. So when we think about so this is this is the price of not keeping focus on Christ. Okay, it's going to lead to ungodliness when you when you keep your focus somewhere other than Christ. But profane and vain babbling, I would say that's anything that takes your focus off of the gospel. Anything that takes your focus off of the scripture will be profane and vain babbling. Um, just want to read a couple of verses of scripture to you and uh, the first verse I'm going to read to you is Colossians chapter three verse eight through ten. But now ye also put off these but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge, and in an the image of that created him. So if if we were to do those things, if we were to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, and we don't lie, that's basically taking the profane and vain babblings out of our mouth. What's left? God's Word. Scripture's left after that. I uh, want to read one other verse to you real quick. and psalms 19 um, chapter 19 verse 14 says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight my my speech and in the things that i say sometimes uh you know they're not i'm guilty of having profane and vain babbling. i'm just up here telling you on my job site sometimes I get, my anger gets the best of me sometimes, and I have profane and vain babbling. Um, not saying that's right at all, um, but we should ask forgiveness for those, and we should make a conscious effort to not have that in our life, and not have that in our speech. Um, we also have to do that because we have to be conscious of other people that we teach, um, <clears throat> That babbling, if people hear us with profane and vain babbling coming out of our mouth, that would affect our testimony. So we have to make sure that we keep that testimony in line. That way, when we do teach, it comes from a valid place. It comes from a place where our lives and our testimony are lining up with what we teach. Um, And don't get it wrong that profane and vain babbling can be popular. If it wasn't popular, everybody wouldn't do it. Anywhere you go, you can turn on the TV, you can go to the grocery store, and you will hear some of the most absurd stuff come out of people's mouth. Some stuff that, that you know, you just, it's not right. Some of the stuff that's just on regular basic cable, you know, basic TV shows, uh, some of the stuff that's out there, it's popular and people listen to it, but we need to make a conscious effort to keep that out of our hearts and out of our minds as Christians. Um Moving on to um, verses 17 and 18. And their words will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. So Paul thought enough about Hymenaeus and Philetus to use them as an example right here. He he thought enough about them to say, hey, this is not what you want to do, okay? And just so we're under the same understanding, a canker, a canker is a, for those who don't know, is a sore or an infectious disease. So he's saying their speech that, that they're they're saying is, is infectious to people. And in the uh, scripture right here, it says, and overthrow the faith of some. So their speech overthrew the faith of some people who were listening to them. That's the last thing I want to have on my conscience before I go and stand before Christ. Is that my speech or anything that I said overthrew somebody else's chance to get into heaven. Um, that's, that's the exact opposite of what I want. And if you go back to Timothy um, chapter 1 verse 20, uh, Paul says, Of whom Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered unto Satan that they learned not to blasphemy. So their teachings was blasphemy towards God. And Paul says that he delivered them unto Satan. Um, they said that the resurrection is past already. So they were preaching that the resurrection had passed already. Now, the resurrection of Christ did happen, but the resurrection of the church is still to come. So he was basically teaching people that there was no hope. And Paul was correcting him for that. Um, and you may know people who, who will try to destroy your faith or destroy the faith of the church. Um, I know that I've run across people like that before. Um, but when you do run across those people, just the best thing to do is just pray for God to increase your faith. Um, but the next verse, so so, Paul was telling us about basically all that we shouldn't do and, and things that we, we should keep away from us. But the next verse in verse 19, Paul says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, so God knows who are his children and who aren't his children. Um, And amen to that. Amen that God knows who are his and who aren't his. Uh, But then it goes on to say that everyone who names the name of Christ should depart from iniquity. So God's calling us to depart from sin. Now I I know I've said it before, but sinning is fun. If sinning wasn't fun, people wouldn't do it. Uh, Sinning takes appeal to the flesh and And people who who sin are basically catering to their flesh. They're not catering to God. They're not catering to Christ. And for what Christ did to us, the least we can do is do our absolute very best to push that sin out of our lives. Um, Verse 20 and 21, I'm going to read that real quick. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So, Paul is is likening God's heaven the kingdom of God, he's likening the kingdom of God to, to a house. So in verse 19, we just read about the foundation. So the foundation is, is the seal that knowing uh, the Lord knoweth them that are his and letting everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So that's the foundation of the kingdom of God. But he also goes on, <clears throat> he goes on to talk about honor and dishonor in, uh, in verse 20. And he says, it's, it's a great house and the house is filled with vessels and some vessels are for honor and some are for dishonor. So an honorable vessel in your house might be fine china that you get out when you have good company come. When you've got company that you want to think a lot of you, uh, that might be an honorable vessel. You want to honor those people showing them nice things. The fine china that we usually use is paper plates uh, so if y'all come to our house, that's what we usually use. But uh, a dishonorable vessel in the house might be a trash can. And that's where you put things that you don't want to keep in your house. So in God's house, he has honorable vessels and dishonorable vessels. And it says also that, that God's house is a great house. The so why is God's house a great house? It is God's house. It's, it's a great house. It was built by a great architect. How many times have we went down the road and you see a nice house and you say, oh, I wonder, wonder how much that cost to build, or I wonder how much that house was. Now, you know how much God's house was? It cost the price of Christ's blood. Jesus Christ's blood is what bought the house. as priceless. God's house is priceless, bought with priceless blood by Jesus Christ. So, if we go to verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. So I want to I want to think about being sanctified and met for met unto honor, or met for the master's use. So um, I hate that Brother Barry's not here tonight, but he gave me a devotional uh, a while back, and we actually swap books and um the devotional that he gave me was titled um uh, a look at life from a deer stand a devotional it was a dev- devotional centered around hunting and uh the other night as i was laying in bed i was reading one of them before i went to bed and uh, the the devotional was centered around isaiah 49 2 and in in that verse it says in the shadow of his hand he hath hid me and hath made me a polished shaft. In his quiver he hath hid me. So this man that wrote this devotional, uh, he loved to bow hunt. And I don't know if many of y'all know about bow hunting, but it can can be an obsession. If you get hooked on it, you're hooked. And and that's all you think about. uh, And this man admitted that. He said that's 365 days out of the year he thought about bow hunting. And he related this passage of scripture uh, to his arrows and he said that all year he would fine tune his bow and, and he would go through his arrows and pick out the good arrows and separate the bad arrows but then he would shoot those arrows and after he would shoot them he would see which one's the most consistent which one he could rely on the most and he would take that arrow and he would mark it and he would have his quiver and if, for those of you who don't know what a quiver is, a quiver is something that holds arrows Usually when you go hunting, you don't just take one arrow. You take take a couple of them with you, just just in case, right? But he said that he would take that arrow and he would put a little number one on it. And then he'd take the next arrow and he'd put a little number two. But only the best arrows would he take and would he put in his quiver. And what I'm getting at here is I want to be an arrow that God wants to have in his quiver. I want to be somebody... That God knows that He can count on somebody who's consistent, somebody who's accurate, somebody who can rightly divide the truth. Uh, But I thought that was a pretty fitting devotion. You know, John asked me last night or yesterday morning to get up here and and bring the message tonight, and that's the first thing that popped in my head. I um, just felt like I'd throw that in there, but. We'll continue on. Um, so verse 22 says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace within that call of the Lord out of a pure heart. So Paul is telling Timothy how to cleanse himself. Um, we, we've We've talked about in, in the verse before that we need to be sanctified and prepared for God's work. Well, Paul's telling Timothy how to do this, how to cleanse yourself. This flee useful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, and charity, and peace. So when you think about youthful lust, um, think about sexual temptation. Um, You think about pleasures of the flesh. Uh, You think about desires of fame and glory. Um, I'm sure I could go on and on with youthful lust, um, but there's many examples in the Bible about youthful lust. And um, I know some of y'all were in Sunday school this past Sunday uh, when I taught Sunday school, but I gave a couple examples in Sunday school of, of youthful lust. Um, you know, David, when he lusted after Bathsheba, um, David wasn't youthful, but he still fell in that lust. He, he lusted after Bathsheba committed the sin of adultery with her and, and went on to commit another sin by basically sending Uriah out to be murdered. But, but he fell for that youthful lust, even though he wasn't in his youth. Now, on the other hand, we can think about Joseph. Uh, Joseph was basically sold by his brothers. Uh, when he was sold by his brothers, his master that he was sold to had a wife and the wife tried to sleep with joseph and joseph refused now joseph was a young man joseph wasn't an old man he was a young man a young man it says to flee youthful lust and what i'm getting at is you don't have to be in your youth for these things to get a hold of you you can be older you can be younger it doesn't matter the devil will snare you any chance that he gets, no matter what age you are and the bible the Bible tells us plain in those two stories that you know a young man and an old man did exactly opposite of what what we're thinking. You'd think the young man would succumb to the lust, and the old man would resist the temptation, but it was the opposite. Um, we all have challenges that come to us. Uh, when we think about lust, and, and I'm not just saying that in a sexual way, lust lust of the world could be lust after money. Um, it can be lust after fussing at somebody. You know, somebody does you wrong and you feel like bopping them on the head uh, in, in a bad way. You know, you punch them or something like that. You know, there there are, are other things that, that might be challenging to us. But then... Paul goes on to tell us to pursue righteousness, faith, charity, and peace. So We're supposed to get rid of the lust of the world and pursue these things, the righteousness, the faith, the charity, and the peace. And even though we we have a flesh, we live in our flesh, and we have bad habits. Let me just say this. You cannot get rid of a bad habit, but you have to replace it a bad habit and you replace that bad habit with righteousness and with your faith and with charity and with peace <clears throat> i'll go on and um, i'm gonna read verses 24 through or 23 through 26 and um, we'll finish up but foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strives. And the servant of the Lord must not strife, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So, if you think about powerful men, or you think about great men in history, You think about men who were rich and powerful conquerors, men that built empires. You don't necessarily think about servants when you think about great men in history, right? But think about Jesus. Jesus was the greatest man in history. Um, Jesus was a servant. Jesus was, was great in patience. He was great in gentleness. He was great at correcting people with meekness. Jesus had all these qualities. So Paul is basically saying, hey, be more like Jesus. And just the last thought that I had when I was preparing this, and it goes to being a servant, um, We should be more like Jesus. We should be servants to the Lord. And just three things that came to mind when it comes to being a good servant of God, uh, being a good servant to the Lord. Uh, The first thing would be to empty. Empty yourself of yourself. Empty yourself of your pride. Empty yourself of your sin. Empty yourself of your worldly desires. And we we should clean ourselves, right? So Paul tells us about cleaning ourselves. Now, we can't, we can't literally clean ourselves. We have to be clean through the blood of Christ. Only Jesus can clean us. But we can, we can clean ourselves to a point, right? We accept Christ as our Savior. He cleanses us with His blood. But then we have to live out that. We have to walk that walk. We have to walk that walk with Him and live a clean life. Um. So we should clean ourselves. So we should empty ourselves. We should clean ourselves. But the last thing that I thought of, um, besides emptying ourselves for the Lord, cleaning ourselves for the Lord, would be to make ourselves available for the Lord. Um, I've I've heard the saying before, the greatest ability is availability. Um, You know, we can empty and clean ourselves all day long. But if God puts something on your heart and you say, God, I'm, I'm too busy or I've got all this other stuff going on or I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed, you're not making yourself available for God. Um, Christ loved us enough to go die on the cross for us. He loved us enough to go through that for us that we may spend eternity with Him in heaven. We should make ourselves available for Him in the works that He wants to work through our lives.
1: It amazes me at how much Clay has grown in the Scriptures. You can tell he's been in the book studying. But I noticed something that that was borne out through this passage as we went through these with Clay. He talked about in verse number 14, words of no profit. then he talked about in verse number 16, profane and vain babblings. Then again in verse number 23, foolish and unlearned questions. And it's like the Lord is just telling us, be careful of what you talk about. Be careful of what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth is in your heart. And so he's just telling us to guard our mouths and watch what we say in this world. That's a lesson for every one of us to learn. Every one of us. Thank you, Brother Clay. I appreciate it so much. Let's all stand. Tonight.